Hello. How are you? Wonderful. Hi, Shauna. I'm fabulous. How are you? Good. I'm very excited about our interview today. <laughs> Me too. I'm happy to be here. There's so yeah. much going on in the world. I'm happy oh, to, to show up and be able to have these moments of connection for sure. Yeah, we're getting a little distracted there. I'm yeah, but too much about all this stuff. We were, that's okay. We're allowed. <laughs> we're passionate and we're we're excited uh, uh, about the good stuff, even though there's lots of bad stuff going on right now that uh, that we're witnessing. It's an interesting time that we uh, continue to be involved in and getting through the pandemic. And now we got poor Ukraine and other stuff. So, yeah, yeah so- it is a time we'll be talking about for the rest of our lives, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think there's always flux in life and being human, right? Just the degree varies and there's a whole lot of um, division that was created with COVID. And, you know, from an energetic standpoint, the war is an extreme example of that, even furthering that division, the boundaries, the what's yours and mine, and this, this whole absence of remembering that we're all one, just, you know, it's, it's palpable, but there's hope in all situations and there's beauty like you and I were just talking about Shauna, the beautiful side to people standing up and musicians in Ukraine stepping forward and people like you said, rallying together to show support. So there's beauty in all, if we can just find it. Yes. Yes. And having Zelensky as a leader right now, and I think he should be the president of the world. He's amazing. I think so too. I love him as well. I mean, there are no perfect leaders, but he's a wonderful, seems to be a wonderful human in a lot of capacities. Yes. Yes. Uh, Just from the very beginning, it's like, I don't need a, I don't need a ride. I need, I need uh, ammunition. That's right. (laughs) Like when leaders say that these days, they're like, yes, I'll take a, I'll take a ride. Thank you. I'm out. So yeah. Yeah, no, just, just wonderful, wonderful, even though it's a horrible, 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 horrible thing that's starting. So, so let's, let's talk about Keela today. So I, when I first met you, I just thought you were so amazing. You're just like, just this wonderful, amazing, positive energy and anybody that gets to be around you knows exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm always so proud to promote you and share you with the world as much as I can, because you, you are an amazing, amazing person. And I can't thank you enough for all the things that you do for me and for your clients and the community and stuff. And please never stop. We need you. You're amazing. It's such an honor. And I appreciate it. And those kind of um, uh, loving feedbacks are so important, I think, for everyone in this state and age for people to remind you, even though you might be focused and centered on your own work and how you're in service to others and perhaps processing your own stuff. Like I certainly am alongside all other people, but it's nice to be reminded that your work is impactful. So thank you for that beautiful reminder. Absolutely. I will tell you every day if you need it. Thank you. (laughs) So let's start off with, I love your name, Keela, but it's such an uncommon name. I don't think I've ever heard it before. Is there, where did it come from? Is there a meaning behind it? There's actually not a meaning. My mom named me Keela because she had never heard it before and she wanted something phonetically that sounded pretty and was very feminine and also had an element of strength to it. Um, and then there, there's a little bit more of a story of my middle name. So my middle name is Serene, S-E-R-E-E-N. And so perfect now that I teach meditation and, and most of my healing is done introspectively and I encourage other people to do that. So middle name has been so profound actually for me to really step into that name. And uh, that came because my auntie's name is Tureen. And my mom actually loved the name Tureen, T-E-R-E-E-N. 
And so she just changed that first letter and made it Serene in sort of honor of the name and the family, her sister. And so it became Keila Serene O's. Wow. I love that. That's, so That's amazing. It was meant to be. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It feels right for sure. It's like names are really powerful things. Yes. They, they yes. hold energy, right? So, and they can, they're living. I believe that names can also be like living um, entities on their own. And we talk about people who are applying, you know, he, she, or they, them, or whatever the case is, like those identifying names have power and energy attached to the person that they're associated with. So um, actually my name originally was Q-U-I-L-A. Q-U-I-L-A. Yeah, I was born K and then I changed it to Q because that felt more authentic to me. And then I changed it back because everyone pronounced it Quila. <laughs> so, and I was so tired of the tequila story. I was like, no, oh, I was not named after a oh. long night of tequila, I promise. <laughs> that would have been a great story though, but that's not the case. <laughs> That's funny. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, your business and what you do? Yes. So um, I run a trauma-informed holistic wellness business, and it's based on the teachings of the shamanic path. So my teacher is an ordained Sangoma in the Zulu lineage, which is South African. It's incredibly beautiful lineage. And uh, I've been following that path, that specific spiritual path or lens for about six years, really deep. So the work that I do is both group work and one-on-one. I aim to try to hold space for people in a way that they can find their own path to healing. And I guide them through the lens of a shamanic path. And so the main premise in the work that I do with people is to remind us, number one, that we're all connected, but number two, to reconnect the parts of us that we have forgotten are imperative to being human. So the pieces like the connection to the land, the connection to the water. We're here in Kelowna. You and I live very close together. And I'm just, I'm sitting here in this interview with you, admiring the lake, this beautiful expanse of lake. And it makes me think about how in one of the programs I'm offering, it's an eight month program. And the whole program is, it was a recent discovery or recent guidance is to honor the spirit of the the lake being so we call it Ogopogo which is uh, unfortunately a very blasphemous name but mm. the official name and the pronunciation is varied many times depending on the um, silk people would probably pronounce it correctly but I don't have that perfect um, pronunciation but it's Nhaha Itkua so that's the name of the actual Ogopogo being that is believed to have lived in this water body so these kind of reconnection pieces the awareness is okay well if that's true if that's a lens that we can follow why was it even brought up through folklore or through indigenous um, medicine people why is that a thread that goes through those communities and it's about reconnecting humans to what makes us thrive and what nourishes us. So for me, it's really important to remind us that we're all connected and to reconnect those pieces that will allow us to ground more into being human, bring our spirits more fully back into the body so we can process trauma and allow us to walk more gently upon the earth with a different kind of awareness that allows us to facilitate a curiosity to be open to healing in different capacities. And for me, very non-traditional, I'm on the far end of the spectrum as far as niche work goes on the other side of say traditional psychotherapy, it's not talk therapy or anything like that, it's a combination of spiritual mentorship and energy work. So just trying to find a path for people to follow and I've walked in the trenches of this work. So I know what it's taken 
for my trauma and my experiences to climb out of it. And I hope to try to give other people the opportunities to do the same in their own way. Wow. So very eloquently said, I love how you, (laughs) how you explained all that. I was making me think about Eckhart Tolle. And I remember when he's like, you know, stop labeling things. Don't walk in nature and say tree flower, just be like, just we're all together and connected and stuff. So I try to remember to do that sometimes when I'm walking, not to label and just be observe witness as just we're all together and we're all one. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of the tenets of the, one of the programs I run, which is um, the art of practicing unlabeling, literally what you just said. Really, It's one of the tenets of my work and and I'll share it with you because you're already doing it. So you've sort of led us into this, but for anyone watching one of the most powerful transition um, exercises that I've ever done is really deepening into that Eckhart Tolle concept of unlabeling, which means for me, I wake up first thing in the morning and everybody does this, right? You wake up in the morning and there's this sense of just connecting in to see how you slept and how you feel when you first open your eyes. So you wake up and you have that moment where you you check in with the body. How does the body feel? You reflect, how was my sleep? And so there's this moment of, I feel good or bad, or my sleep experience was good or bad or meh. And that energy, that labeling right off the bat, the first thing in consciousness is what actually begins to snowball the experience that we're going to have in that day. So my practice that I teach all my clients and the group work is what if you could just be curious about your, how you're feeling. So truth is true. So if you're feeling pain or you're feeling tired, there's a process of being able to honor that in the moment. Okay. I feel this, but then, but what if it's more than that? So what if it doesn't have to be labeled as good or bad? What if, Oh, how curious I have pain there. Oh, curious in this moment, I feel tired. So being curious about it removes the labels that all of a sudden we can be curious about how things are going to be unfolding rather than okay, you're tired, you slept terribly, you wake up, you spill your coffee, then you stub your toe and you can't find your keys. And it just becomes this crazy un, un, um, unrolling of a day. So I love that you do that. That whole unlabeling um, practice is really powerful. And I liken it to, I say this all the time, what we are emotionally and what we feel in our emotions, which is what you're saying, you're practicing this beautiful curiosity of just sort of having an awareness rather than a labeling of something being a certain way so that you can look for more beauty. There's this um, experience of doing it that opens up your awareness to a point where, okay, well, what if I could find a different kind of solution to that issue that I was thinking about? Where does that curiosity lead to unfolding your life path in a way that you might not have expected because you were sitting in a container of label. Mm-hmm. So then you remove that and all of a sudden everything unfolds differently. It's a really, really beautiful practice. So thanks for leading us into that because it's powerful. I love that. So what have you gained from working in your business? Accountability. <laughs> Accountability. So In all businesses that yours, I see it so much reflected in your work and how you show up for your community, you know, from how you lead our community and such an honor to be a part of, by the way, but you know that you have to walk your talk. You have to walk your talk. So being accountable for not only what you're setting as an example, but also making sure that you're tapping in and your ego isn't stepping in and saying, okay, as you lead in leadership, 
Um, there is no difference in leadership versus non-leadership. How do we stay in that semblance of being equal and sharing wisdom and knowledge? So for me, it's really taught me to take a step back, question my ego, and remember that we are all connected. And um, even in a leading position, I have to be accountable for my own behaviors and actions as I walk my own path and ensure that they're in alignment with the people that are coming to see me or need my medicine. So it's been a really beautiful way of keeping me in check. And um, also the magic of unlabeling to identify how powerful every human being is. The capacity to find equilibrium and to have the human desire to find healing and balance in their life. I have seen people go through so much trauma and when they awaken to the reality and the truth that there's more than the life they have been living under those pretenses and those labels, the magic that happens that comes from the human spirit to find a path of healing is incredibly inspirational. And it's incredibly rewarding to watch people walk their own path. Mm, I love that. Thank you. What kind of obstacles have you had to face being in business for yourself? Self-doubt. My business, although I've had a lot of training, I've had somatic experiencing training and meditation and all of the, you know, the trainings in this realm, it's relatively fringe and the relationship that you have with your spiritual practice there's no one to tell you if you're doing anything right or wrong, which doesn't even exist in my realm, but, you know, to look at it from, from a standpoint of um, being on path or off path, I think that that's probably one of the most, one of the biggest challenges, I think. Does that make sense? Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And so just remembering that sometimes the answers that you question, whether you have the answer We just need to stop, let go of all of our conditioning and the people that influence, influence us and really like connect back to our true essence and our true wisdom, which is sort of sourced in love and compassion and kindness and remembering that all of those states of being are choices, they're choices. And that's really empowering, but the self-doubt when no one is there to, to say, okay, well, under this paradigm, yes, you're following the path. And under this paradigm, you may or may not be, that's the spiritual work because you have to constantly check in with your intuitive guidance. And so it, if I hadn't had the success and the beauty that I've witnessed with clients, that is the, I guess, benchmark that this work is powerful and life-changing. Um, but in between those moments of affirmation, there are these moments of self-doubt. And I know we all have them. That's part of growing. And it also keeps you really humble because it constantly makes you check in to say, okay, am I being in service in the way I envisioned? Is there more I can do to do it? And have I made any mistakes or taken any paths or made choices that I could do differently to become more medicinal to the people that need me? So it's been a really interesting relationship with myself uh, and it keeps me sharp. <laughs> it keeps <Awesome>. me sharp. <laughs> yeah. I think self-doubt is a huge thing, especially for an entrepreneur or a leader. And I often encourage people similar to what you said is to reflect back on those people you you've made a difference with. Cause when I was working in the bank and if I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> 
I'm, I'm nervous or my self-doubt. And then I start thinking about my staff one by one by one. By, and then it just lifts me up. And now same thing, like when I have self-doubt, I start thinking like about you and other people that I have connections with and stuff. And it just lifts you out because, but yeah, I think we all suffer from that self-doubt from time to time and not having mechanisms to help cope with that. It can yeah. really spiral and go down the drain and stuff. So, yeah. And I think having the tools is some of the foundational offerings that I give people so that they recognize that there's nothing to fear in having self-doubt and fear is a liar. Uh, like fear is a liar. So it's, unless there's something where you're in grave danger for the most part, it doesn't tell the truth. And just remembering that, remembering that self-doubt is a human emotion, but we are not our emotions. And I always try to remember as one of the tools for people, we aren't our emotions. We are having a human experience, feeling the emotions that are human, but we are not them. There's this little distance between who we truly are, where we came from, where we go back to, wherever your beliefs lie. There's that version of us that's sort of encapsulated in this human experience. And when people can remember that they are like the weather, our, our emotions are like the clouds in the sky, they move and sometimes it feels like the storm's going to last forever, but they do eventually move and pass through into really beautiful, clear skies again. If we could remember that, that separation, that we're not that there's this really beautiful solace that comes from knowing it's temporary and impermanent. Absolutely. What three words describe your business? <clears throat> Heart-centered, transformational, and challenging. <laughs> awesome. Love it. What is your proudest business moment? That's a really good question, Shauna. Trying to make you think. <laughs> mm, it really does. I know what it is. So last year, for a number of years, for three years now, I've been working on um, my program called The Lighthouse um, and building the community, which is turning out to be such a beautiful blessing. Once I ran the first year of the program last year, it's an online program. So people can come from other provinces, whatever the case is. And it's a small, intimate group, which really provides a safe space for people to open up. And after the duration of our work together, that group, we, I created a level two and the level two begins this year. We've actually just had the first one last, last weekend. So it was amazing, but the retention from level one to level two was 80%. Wow. And that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, even it being a small group, I am so proud of that because what that shows me is that I'm creating a safe space and that people trust me. And alongside that recognition is also the awareness of how much more I also have to step and make step up and make sure that I'm in alignment as I'm um, guiding people um, to wherever they're going. So I'm very proud of that um, and reflects a lot in the work that I'm doing. Nice. What's something that you learned on this path that you wish you knew at the beginning? I knew always, and sometimes, sometimes I'll say this to people and they'll be like, oh, I get it. And then other times I'll say it to people and they're like, yeah, I can see that. <sighs> the biggest thing is I didn't realize, do you mean business or personal or kind of both entwined? Whatever you feel like you need to share. I didn't realize how challenging healing is mm. because you are 
and not just healing individually through my clients, because there's um, a contract and a relationship there, but I mean, just in, in watching other people heal, there is a, a, uh, not a fear so much, but yeah, maybe a fear Mm -hmm. of the unknown. And when we heal, we are living only in the realm of the new and unknown because we're breaking patterns based on past behaviors and past experiences. So there's no blueprint. So healing doesn't have a blueprint. It doesn't have um, a step-by-step plan. There's no book. I mean, there's a million books, but we all know we find whatever guidance and books and information we need at the time. But if I understood how overwhelming and nerve wracking the saying yes to the healing path was, I don't know if I would have taken the same path. And Mm -hmm. I look back in retrospect, and now I see that there's absolutely no other path I could have taken. That is not even optional. You have to go to the unknown and you have to step into it. Uh, So I think that would be my answer. Uh, Yeah, I I totally uh, understand what you're saying. I always liken it to people wearing, having a coat that they've worn for many, many, many years. And to take it off is so, so tough. Like coaching people over the years at the bank and stuff like that. And some people are locked in such, you know, like they're hurt and they're acting out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And to encourage them to kind of take, take the coat off and put something else on instead is so hard. And you just see them suffering, trying to, to, to step into that new thing. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard. And I am so in awe of people that decide to do go into that path because it is unknown and it's scary when you've been in the known for so long, even though it's bad, but it's known, but to step out, to go into something that's unknown is like crazy brave. Yeah. And there's that, there's that period of time where, you know, you need to go somewhere other than you are, but you don't know how to get there. And that's what my work does with clients. I show them a few options and we find sort of the path together, but there's so much, it's so much easier to deal with the devil we know, right? We know, we know how to maneuver through that. It may not be healthy for us or good for nope. us, but we know it it's familiar and we know how to respond when shit hits the fan, Yes, <laughs> right? Yeah. When it's new, we have, we're going as we're stepping each step, we're re-identifying, we're having our identities um, shift and morph and change our awarenesses and our perceptions are changing. Um, everything is new and we don't know how quite yet to categorize it. So it's very unfamiliar and anything unfamiliar is a fear response. And, and that's normal and healthy, actually the ego, it's just doing its job, but it is a hard pattern to break, especially with conditioning, especially with technological conditioning now too, and social media, you know, the patterns are more challenging to break the more distraction we have. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But it's possible. It's possible. Anyone watching this, you can do it. I promise you if it's not my path or a path local, when that little spark comes and you get that aha moment where you just are curious, follow those little glitches in the matrix, so to speak, to find your way through. And the whole of life is this journey, I think. And so why not get comfortable in the discomfort now and just hang on for the ride and enjoy it. It's crazy brave. I, I, I admire people that take that, take that on. So that's awesome. What is on your business wish list for the next 10 years? Um, hmm. Balancing, staying heart centered and growth. Mm -hmm. That is 
I think going to be the biggest challenge because a lot of my relationships are been built intimately through one-on-one exchanges and a very unique type of support, energetic and physical. So that's one of my, my wishes is that I am producing programs and things that have a lot more impact or, or are more accessible for people, but I don't lose the heart. And um, so if you have any suggestions and recommendations <laughs> in that, Shauna, because you've managed to do that, you've got a huge impact and you also are just so beautifully heart-centered. It's very inspiring for people like myself who are building business mm-hmm. and wish to do the same thing. I think you're doing beautiful. And I think you, you keep exploring what's speaking to you and bringing in new programs like the lighthouse one and doing the, it kind of shows up. I think you just listening and being aware and, and being curious, I think are the key things like that you do and growing your business, but yeah, balance is an important thing, thing to keep in mind too. So we don't get live our whole lives for our business. We live the right amount. Yeah. And that's been a really good teaching that's come through this year, as well as I've transitioned less from one-on-one work, more into group work. Um, it's a lot more, that uh, feels more, more balanced for me than consistently working with the one-on-one clients, which I still see, but the group work has such a beautiful dynamic to it um, that I feel is really powerful. So it's been, we'll see. Well, I'm open to all things unfolding. I'm opening, I'm open to new paths and new teachings and it's kind of exciting actually. So 10 years, I'm really excited to look back in 10 years and see how it has unfolded because I do know from my perspective and the work that I do, that spirit always has surprises around the corner for you, (laughs) for for all of us. So I'm curious what those will be. And I embrace them. I say yes to them now and we'll see what happens. (laughs) That's awesome. What advice do you have for a prospective entrepreneur? Trust your gut Mm -hmm. and be willing to make mistakes knowing that the only way to glean the gem and the wisdom to lead you to your next step on your path is to understand that the mistake wasn't a mistake at all. It was just a compass. Um, so that's my, oh, and, and, and to feel the fear and know that you're safe to do it anyway, to Mm -hmm. feel fear and recognize that it doesn't have to be disabling fight, flight, or freeze that you can gently feel fear and start to engage in responding with your environment and with your community and with your business, regardless of that. And when we nurture that, those baby steps in that space of fear, it loses its grip. And so that's been the biggest thing for me. I think when I look back and I reflect, I have a couple of friends who were starting businesses around the same time as I was. And some of them found different paths or just said no, because it just seemed like they couldn't find the answers for what the Mm -hmm. business would look like or how it would unfold. So they said no, which is an individual path, of course. But I just, I wish they had said yes. Like saying yes when you don't know is so liberating because you're saying yes, not just to the possibility of failure, not really a thing, but you're saying yes when you say yes to that. You're saying yes to so much success and fulfillment that isn't even registering in your realm of capabilities yet. And that is, I find the transformational piece that you say yes, even though you doubt yourself, you say yes, even though there's fear, even though there's obstacles, you follow your heart and are aware of the obstacles that will come in, but you don't let them change your course. And to me, I hope everyone has the ability to just have that courage. Awesome. Yeah. So well said. Absolutely. 
Before working in your business, what was the most unusual or interesting job you ever had? I was a private detective assistant. Really? (laughs) So I would, um, this was decades ago. I would, um, I worked for a man who was a private detective and we would do vehicle stakeouts and have to follow people cross country. It was really fascinating and interesting. Um, So that was one. And then I was also the director of a competitive figure skating school, which was another really before my car accident, which ended that, but that was also gave me such a beautiful opportunity to work with children, which was really lovely. So yeah, I've done a lot of really random things as I found my path, but each one had so much value in what I took from it to become who I am today. Like in, in reflection, you look back, especially for people who have many jobs that cycle through. And I think that's incredible because you're forming these uh, varying versions of yourself that are coming together over the course of your life to become your own unique self with your own skill set from all the choices you've accrued in your whole life. And I find those people so interesting. <laughs> They're so interesting. And yeah, I think so being I'm a private detective, just seeing human nature and what people do. I love, I love watching how people react to things and just, I'm always so curious, like when things happen, how are people handling this? How are they responding to it? Mm, why are they responding that way? So I'm sure with being a private detective and kind of going down that path of tracking things, it would have been fascinating. It was, and it was also really challenging as well. It was really hard for me, actually. I didn't last very long in that job because there are people who are... Um, perhaps cheating the system or trying to manipulate the system, especially insurance companies. And you see the choices that they've made and the impact if they're caught, unfortunately, and how it unravels their entire life. Mm-hmm. And that was now there's accountability there because people can make their, they're free to choose. People are free to choose in all instances, but there's always consequence to our choices. It doesn't always mean it's ne- it's negative, but there's always consequence. And so sometimes it was really challenging doing that job because you were hired by, you know, large companies. Fair enough. I wasn't um, thinking that about Avenue, but yeah, I'm thinking like on TV. The <laughs> Yeah. And there is that part to it, but the reality is, yeah. is in that work, someone is right and someone is yeah, wrong. Sure. And so someone always has to suffer, unfortunately. And it's, let's be honest, it's not usually individuals or it's not usually corporate companies. Yeah. Uh, what to, what tools do you use to support yourself? So I have a very strong spiritual practice. I have meditation every single day, non-negotiable, especially in the months where I'm facilitating group work. Um, And moving my body has been really important um, since I had a car accident, also working with chronic pain and redeveloping and uh, re-engaging a relationship with my body to make sure that the trifecta sort of mind, body, spirit are always working and trying to find balance. It's not a perfect process, but those are my, my main tools. I also have lots of like other spiritual tools that I use. I make tinctures and and energetic sprays that help me ground into my body and certain meditation practices that are important for uh, staying clear headed and not as impacted by what's going on on the planet, because it's very challenging as we all know right now to be on this planet. It's challenging to feel safe on the earth. And it's challenging for a lot of people who are already carrying trauma in their body. It's very difficult because all of those 
trauma fields are being exacerbated now through war, through COVID, through division. So we tend to get caught up in what's happening, but I always want to remind people that this storm is what happens before everything begins to settle and to fall away so that a new way of being can come back together. So there's hope for sure. Just whatever your tools are, use them, use them consistently. And if you don't have the tools intuitively that you know you need, find someone who can teach them to you. For sure. How do you balance your career and your your, your husband and your zoo and your plants? Because I know you've right. got a big... <laughs> Um, I do with loving things that you have to spend time with too. I do care for a lot of living beings. This is very, very true. Um, and one of my teachings this year has actually been to minimize and to Marie Kondo, a lot of things in my house Mm -hmm. that I don't have an emotional or energetic connection to. So I've been going through a really deep cleanse of things that I don't feel emotionally connected to. Um, but really it's about organization and not overextending. So recognizing that when I'm approaching, um, a space where I feel tired, normally I would push through and just be like, Oh, just another hour or no, I can finish that this evening, or I can take that client on or, or let's book another online, this or another that, and just learning to say, that is not how I can be best in service. And so I'm practicing saying no a lot and really listening to my body and honoring it. Um, And it's been really challenging because sometimes the body says no, and that means your whole plan and what you plan to do for your business has to change, but it always works out. It always seems to be the best decision. So I've been practicing that a lot. And that gives me enough time to carve out time away. Um, I take a week off completely every month. And I've just been able to format my -hmm. business around that through my choices. So it is, it is possible, but it requires really listening to what your signals are and honoring them. Wow. You take a week off each month just for, wow. I have to, or I just, Mm. I can't love that. Maybe I'll do Maybe I'll, adopt, maybe I'll adopt something like that. I love that. Honestly, it's really powerful. So last year I was doing a four, four day work week. Um, and this year I'm doing a three week per month work month. And I feel stronger and more balanced than ever. And I understand that that's a huge privilege that I can experiment with because I don't work a nine to five, but it's also the reason, also the reason why. I don't work a nine to five. So um, yeah, it is possible to create exactly what you need to be um, centered and focused and not overextended. It just requires different choices and saying no, maybe in different ways than you're used to. Mm, I like that. You're inspiring me. <laughs> Good, so. Think about it. It's, it's life-changing. I do. I do. I do. Cause I do. I slug, I slug at work hard and stuff. So yeah, no, you got me, got me thinking, uh, uh Marie Kondo. Oh, I love her. Hey, I never watching that show. I, I haven't watched so much cause you got the gist of it. The first couple episodes and stuff, but where she's like, you know, when you pick this up, do you love it? Do you, you know, I love that. I tried to approach things more, more like that too. And just, and I remember she says, okay, let's just sit for a moment and, and thank the house that we live in and stuff. And I I love that. It's like the roof that covers, covers us and keeps us safe. And I'm just, I'm like, we don't do that often enough. No, And that's, that's a shamanic practice, like Mm -hmm. actually honoring the building that you live in. The houses have a living energy. They hold, they're a container for our lives. And so if you think that our bodies are a container for our spirit, 
and our houses are a container for our lives, well, they both need rest and love and appreciation to flourish and to have strength in that container. And so I feel like that can apply to anything that holds anything. Do you know what I mean? And our houses, mm-hmm. especially, oh my gosh. And so, yes. And in the shamanic practice, you actually go a step further than that Maria Marie Kondo concept, which is you find the heart of your house. So there's some, every single house has an energetic heart of the house that you will find is like the anchoring point. It might be where all the communal living is. It might be the kitchen, it might be the foyer. It's different for everyone. And that's the place that I always encourage people to go and to just like love their house up a little bit, like leave mm-hmm. a little candle or a little, an item there that is just a little piece of reverence. So you can have that energetic exchange in something that is helping you um, like live your life. Yeah. I love it. I bought my, my first house in 1995, just a few years ago, but I remember I rub the wall and I go, Oh, it's my, it's my house. I'm like, I love my house. Like <laughs> almost pet like an animal. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm just so thankful to totally. like, rub the wall and stuff. Cause it was just like, and I still do that. I just, I love this house too. And just. And your house has such a beautiful energy too, oh. Shauna, when you walk into it, there's this beautiful peace that you have in your house. It's very mm-hmm. um, exemplary of how you live your life. Not perfectly. I'm sure you're just like the rest of us. <laughs> However, it's palpable. It's really palpable. Oh. And I, I really love that. So, yeah. And think if we think back though, thousands and thousands of years when we were really connected to the earth, um, what we built for shelter was our survival. So the gratitude for what we built from the earth to protect us from other things became a relationship. Your relationship with shelter may not have been in one place at the time. Perhaps you were traveling, perhaps you were, you know, tribal and moving from area to area, but for the most part, those energies and how we have gratitude for the roof over our head, that's in like ancestral that comes from thousands of years of being protected by that roof over our head. So that's kind of magical that we can have it in our own way still so many years later, I think. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. You have a favorite quote. I have lots. <laughs> um, yes, I have an absolute favorite quote. And I don't know who said it. I think it was someone that taught it to me. So I don't know if it has a, um, an author. And if it does, I apologize. I don't know who it is. He goes like this at the end of the day, if there is anybody in your life that you need to disappoint, never let it be yourself. Ooh, wow. And it's really, it can be really triggering for some people who have been living their life self-sacrificially in service of others, their family, their relationships, their careers, especially as women. So for me, that, that quote reminds me that true self-love and self-care is sometimes putting yourself first. And the consequences may be that others are hurt, but the truth is that we are not responsible for how others react to us. And so the best place to begin and how you live your life is how can I best honor myself? And in doing that, we're teaching people how to treat us. Right? I love that. It's very uh, timely for me from a discussion I just had yesterday. Wow. Perfect. I love that. That's so good. Wow. That is powerful. Uh, if you had a chance, who would you like to be for the day? 
My first thought is sort of Oprah because I love yes. her. Um, <laughs> I love Oprah. I find her such a curious energy for the world and what she's created. Um, you know what? This may not be a well-received answer, but for me to better understand a lot of things, I would love to be Putin for one day. Mm. I, I want to know. You're say that when you said this, I know like it's got to be Putin because I think we're all kind of wondering, right? Well, and and how liberating for us, you and I, and everyone else who's witnessing this and is so traumatized by it, to be able to understand a little bit better the pain that he must be in to be making these choices blindly, the parts of himself that he has shuttered and are inaccessible to his human nature. I, and it's not that it's unforgivable. It is sort of unforgivable in a lot of ways, but also with everything that has created his life, he is equally deserving of love and forgiveness. <laughs> and if there's anything that this war can teach us, it is that that how we show up and how we feel about other human beings, we don't have to agree or approve at all. What he's doing is disgusting. We know this. I'm not changing that perspective. But he's also human and he's imperfect. And he is, he's a, at a place in his life where he's completely blinded by ego and absent of heart-centered love and compassion for human beings in general. What does that feel like? So that I can understand how someone can make such terrible choices. Oh, that would be powerful. It would be powerful. And you, might need a ho- you might need a holiday after that. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be less and like perhaps dreamy. some trauma therapy. Yes. <laughs> right? Because, you know, I, I can't even fathom. And But it it would help me understand because we can't understand. We don't understand. It makes no sense in this day and age why this is happening. So imagine the pain that that man is feeling that he is covering up with power. Good one. I like that. If your house was burning down, what is the one non-living thing you would save? My father's ashes. Mm. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us three things most people don't know about you. Hmm. Well, I was adopted. I'm not sure some people know. Oh, and I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I was adopted. Um, I was on the world team for figure skating, which some people may know. And what else? Oh, um, a lot of times people will question why I've been so drawn to the type of shamanism I practice, which is Zulu, South African, like my Sangoma. And I recently found out that seven generations back, I am black South African. (laughs) Very cool. So it's interesting. I'm very blonde and Caucasian, blue-eyed, and but my ancestry is Black South African. So when we're drawn intuitively to certain healing modalities and certain paths, especially the ones that are sort of soaked in the ancient traditions, there's often an ancestral lineage there that's calling to us. And so I think that that's really fascinating that um, we our spirits will take us where we need to go to heal our ancestral lines and the trauma that's been passed down for lineages. Like there's a wisdom there that we can really trust. Nice. 
So aside from those people most important to you in your life, what are your uh, top life highlights? Oh, these are good questions, Shana. <laughs> these are deep ones. And you gave me no like prep. No, I think that's the best. <laughs> um, three life accomplishments. Three life highlights, highlights. other than, other than the, the, the most important people in your life. Uh, oh, this is an interesting one that I haven't thought about in decades, but it's just coming in now. So I'll share it. Um, back in my sport days, I was, um, um, guided. What, what was the right name when you are, I don't even know how to explain it. So I was inducted. That's the right word into the BC hall of fame for my sport during the most challenging time of my entire life. Um, and that was a real highlight because in the darkness of everything that was going on, it was an affirmation that everything was going to be okay. So that was one of the highlights. Mm -hmm. It's still a moment that I think of and that I reflect upon. Um, that's, so that's one of them. One of the other highlights is totally unrelated to anything work-related or spiritual or anything, but uh, again, related to sport. When I was training as a figure skater in Burnaby, there was a summer where I trained with Shaquille O'Neal and he would come out when he was working alongside in the gym and he would come out when I was on the ice by myself, trying to learn a triple Lutz in the corner. And I, I mean, these were disastrous falls. Like I was falling. I was nowhere close to gaining this skill yet. And he would come out on the side and just be like, you go girl. And I just be oh booting in. If Shaquille O'Neal is watching you try to get a skill, you are going to do everything in your power <laughs> to do the best you can. And so that was really a highlight as well, because it made me think if I'm willing to put, to go that extra mile for this person, how do I find it in myself to go that extra mile for myself? And it was a really strong teaching point, like a really powerful, if he can inspire me, then I have to find the way to inspire myself. And that kind of was like the start of my spiritual path mm -hmm. um, in a really weird catalytic way. So those two are pretty, pretty powerful, I think. Uh, that's all I can think of right now. I mean, there's so many little incredibly impactful things that have happened, of course. Um, but that's just at the forefront of my mind right now. Love it. <laughs> what else would you like to share? Hmm. I think I would just like to reassure everybody that everything is going to be okay. That despite how we are all feeling and how we're all impacted by what's going on on the planet and the struggle that the division of COVID has created, that humans are so resilient. You are so resilient to never feel that all is lost and to remember that there is beauty and wisdom to be gleaned in all situations. If you can just remind yourself to always try to look for the good. And that doesn't mean bypassing the bad and not going into the pain. It means 
finding support so that you can do that work, but also keeping the mind positive and recognizing that what we choose to look at is our choice and where we focus our energy is a choice. And so it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can ebb and flow in the human experience of where you focus your energies and how you dive into the shadows and then bring yourself out. But just knowing that what we are seeing is illusory and it's not the truth. The truth is that human beings are resilient and our spirits are unbreakable. Human beings and our spirits are unbreakable. And to remember that and to start there when things get tough, knowing that there's always a solution and always a way out if we're willing to find it and to really listen. And I hope that that inspires hope. Um, and to know that there is support out there in your community, Shauna, in the community for people who are struggling in the work that I do and a lot of other holistic practitioners are doing that are alternative therapies because this energetic work and these impacts are getting embedded into our physical bodies and they're making us believe that this is a permanent state. And it's not. You can undo any conditioning that's been done and to remember there's freedom in that belief. And so that's, that's what I would like to remind people that all is not lost. There's still so much beauty in the world and we just have to look for it and remember that there's perfect balance in having shadow and light. And right now there's a lot of shadow, but that just means more opportunity for that light to come in. Mm -hmm. That's my hope. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you for taking the time to interview with me today. Thank you, Sean. It's always so much fun to sit and chat with you. We don't do it enough. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, I'm going to close this off here and uh, I will share information about Kila on the links below. Thank awesome. you. Thank you, Shauna. Bye, everybody.